Welcome to Buzzing About Romance, the podcast for the romance reader. I am Becky, and for this episode, I don't know why I do this. For this episode, I'm joined by Leah. Hi, Leah. Hi, Becky. We should start over, maybe. No, we shouldn't. I haven't been that awkward in a long time. I know, but it's like we were due for it. I guess. Um, so on this episode, wow, I have really crappy show notes tonight, <laughs> today. On this episode, we're talking about, you can hear our guests laughing. On this episode, we're talking about um, building a world in a real place with one of our podcast favorites, author Kelly Kay. Oh. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast, Kelly. Thank you so much. We're so excited to have you. Um, I'm always happy to be here. Always happy to see you guys. We love chatting with you. You're the <laughs> bestest. <laughs> um, Leah, will you read Kelly's bio? And as I sit here and look at this, it is longer than Avery's. Don't read well, all Avery's was really them. long. And it's written in first person. And I didn't okay, change so it. I'm Kelly K right now. I have a sister, Kelly, <laughs> so I can just channel her. There you go. Used to. I used to create dreams with my best friend growing oh God, up. This thing. We'd each pick a boy we liked, and then we'd write down a meet cute that always ended up with a, hap a happily ever after. Now I get to dream every day, although it's a little steamier these days, and I've discovered I can and will write anywhere I can. Keep tuned to Instagram to see all the times I fit in a sentence or two. I'm a writer, married to a writer mother of a creative dynamo of a 10 year old boy and a currently and currently a little sleepy. I'm a klutz in goofball and loves lipstick as much as I love my Chuck Taylors. I mean, aside from the lipstick, that could be me. It could you be, Leah. <laughs> yeah. okay. Good things in the world, pepperoni pizza, flare pens, wine, this. coffee, laughing with my friends until my stomach hurts, a musician at the top of their game, getting lost somewhere I've never been, matinee movies on a weekday, the Chicago Cubs, a fresh notebook full of possibilities, bourbon on a cold night, fantasy football, witty men walking through the local zoo in the rain. In that moment, the character clicks in and begins to write their own adventure. I'm just the pen. Kelly, I think we have to re-update. We need to update and edit. <laughs> you do, because your son is not nine. He is 10. No, he's 10, to, but also it's that. a little long. It's okay. I love your I love your bio because really honestly like it really encompasses who Kelly K is. You no, I think and that it's you're one the of the most authentic. Bio. Yeah. And I think you are one of the most <laughs> God bless America. Authentic. authentic you authors. Like I feel like reading this bio I know you. This is you and you put you in your books, I think of all the different little chaotic that is actually true. Situ situations. And I think, oh, did Kelly happen to live this experience in real life? A lot of them, yes. <laughs> if anyone's read Shock Nut, a lot of those happened to me. I did break a priceless porcelain bunny in a store once. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and my friends, my friends shooed me out of the store and paid for it. <laughs> so funny. At least they paid for it. They didn't just shoot it out and like try and be I was sneaky. like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're like, get out. <laughs> it's like, 
Don't touch anything else. Mm-hmm. Kelly, hands in your pockets, walk straight ahead. Yes. Okay. So let's get to know you a little bit for our listeners who might not be um, as aware of who you are as Leah and I are. So, Kelly, are you a rereader? Do you reread books? Uh, I do. I have. I have read, and not recently because the TBR is out of control. So I'm just trying to plow through that. But I do. Yeah, that's all your fault. Um, I do. I used to reread a lot more. And I definitely reread. My biggest reread, this is not romance, but I've read The Sun Also Rises every five years since I was 16. Why five years? I don't know. Because I I, I used to reread To Kill a Mockingbird every year. Like that was my yearly, I haven't done it for a couple of years. But I wonder if the sun also rises, if your perspective changes as you age because of the kind of story that that is, because it's a coming of age kind of Mm -hmm. story. Yeah, it starts out like when you were 16 and younger, I remember thinking they were the coolest things on earth. And then you're like, oh my God, they're so annoying. And now you're like, they're so sad. (laughs) Yeah. You just, it, it switches. Well, I feel like that's, there's a lot of classics um, that do that. Cause I read the catcher in the rye, like when I was a teenager and then I reread it in my twenties and like, what? it was like a that, totally different, like perspective. That would be interesting. That was right. interesting. Whoa, look at that. Um, <laughs> Kelly, what, eyes at me. <laughs> what kind of reader are you? Mood. Mood. Yeah, because we have like comfort, chaotic, planner, or mood. Chaotic, reader. chaotic. You're it's, chaotic it's, it's all. It's all. Imagine that chaotic. It's all um, whatever strikes me. Um, I'm in the middle of like three different series. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like dropped off, and I'm like, oh, I should read. I forgot about that. I'll go back and read that. And so, but I'm in the midst of like three different projects, writing wise. So trying to keep all of that straight and then what book I was reading when I start to go to sleep I'm like was it this one or I'm like I'll just pick up here so it's been it's been a weird wild ride like I feel sorry for Devony Perry because I started the Gypsy series her Gypsy King which oh, is yeah. great but I forgot to go back and finish it so that's my next thing I'm gonna go back and read that there are moments where I feel like, one, we need to give Kelly a list of things to check off. And second, maybe up the ADHD meds. <laughs> Very fun. I know. Um, okay, so before we get into talking about real world, um, I have to laugh. Kelly has a hilarious story. Her husband, she took her husband, who write, is also a writer and writes um, like nonfiction, right? He's a nonfiction Correct. writer. Mostly in the music industry. Yeah, he's got a lot of music books and things like that that he's written. Uh, Currently, he's working. Well, go go ahead. ahead. He's a journalist. She she took him to a Harry Styles concert with their son recently. (laughs) So here's a guy, an older guy, like rock of ages, you know, likes Mm -hmm. the classics, the guitars. He sang some watermelon sugar. (laughs) Yes, he did. And That's he really loved funny. every second of it. Isn't because that the best? Even, but we were at Harry and uh, everyone's chanting Harry and he's just like, they're so loud. Like teenage girls are so loud. 
really we are. know how loud our son is, but it's just a whole new decibel. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I but, just think it's hilarious. <laughs> but it's um it's also like I'll watch anyone at the top of their game. Like yeah. even if I don't like your music. And so that's you know, Eric had been to he's been to a billion concerts, most of them in tiny places, you know, with loud music, but not necessarily stadiums. Yeah, like arenas. he's, he's like a small venue like guy. Giant, you know, we're at the United Center, like giant, huge, whatever. And it, we were with close friends, 15, she turned 15. So it was her and like, I don't know, 12 of her friends or something. And so we're on a party bus and we can't hear anything. <laughs> and her mom got a party bus at the last minute because the Ryder Cup was in town. So nobody could get like limos and things like that. They were all taken. So the bus she got had a stripper pole. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all like, get off that. Get get off the pole. <laughs> poor, okay, poor child K. He's going to be yeah. like, 25 he's gonna be like so this one time my yeah, mom my was <laughs> kept yelling get off the pole <laughs> anyway i don't okay. think that's probably the worst thing that he has heard though probably not probably maybe not. he doesn't realize it yet <laughs> it's true just wait you'll scar them i have mm. it's amazing okay so let's talk about building a world in a town that already exists kelly you write a series in um that takes place in wine country mainly in the town of sonoma correct so i lived there you lived there okay but before we get into that tell us all the books because there is uh, book okay <laughs> well i created five wineries with as we talked about creating things within the world but i created five fictional wineries so each winery will get their own either standalone or set of books so the first book was in la chapelle whittier's winery world and it was uh crushing is the first that kind of sets off the series they can each series can be read as a standalone but all the characters exist in all within of each other's books um yeah. So you lived in Sonoma. Yes. And so, but Sonoma, even though it's, I'm got to look up its population. Um, it's small. Is it really, is it, is it yeah, touristy not, small? Um, no, it's, it's, it has a very small town feel to it. So it's kind of what attracted me to, not only that I knew the area or the wine oh. making business or things like that, but. It's tiny. Yeah. Sonoma has a population of 11,000. Yeah. It's tiny. It's tiny. It is so tiny. that's why I like the idea of doing a small town romance in which it had kind of a big city feel to it. So that it's close enough to San Francisco. It's close enough. People's impression of it is a little more large than it is, obviously. And so I liked, I, I don't know if I could right of true small town romance authentically having never lived in a rural area like that so this was my small town romance mm -hmm. or is my small town because <laughs> there's many to come <laughs> so but. we have the first winery and that that first book is actually a trilogy so it's crushing uh Rootstock and uncorked and uncorked 
And then the next grouping in those books is the Stephili Sellers. Stephilia Sellers. It's I'm a not Greek saying word. these names because we all know right. I'm going to get them wrong. Right. Oh, I can't say I them either. In. So <laughs> Stephilia Sellers. It's um they it's a Greek word for grapes. And so mm. one of the wineries is owned by a Greek family. And when he didn't know a whole lot of English when the winery was named. So he produced olive oil and grapes. And so it was called oleo, which means oil, and stephilia, which means grapes. So okay. that's where it came from. But that's over a barrel and under a bus. I'm holding it for no reason. <laughs> because they are not because seeing the can. video, just us. It's like when I wave. It just happens. <laughs> Leah waves goodbye. Just here. Bye. Okay. And then the third book in the series is your latest, and I say series, it's, it's not really a series because each book is its own individual series, interconnected um, town world. The, the next book in the world. So in the Greek family, there are two books over a barrel and under a bus. And then the latest release is. Uh, Meritage pronounced like heritage. And um, it is the Gelbert family wineries book. And it's a standalone. And there is going to be another Gilbert family winery book that will come out. I think it's late spring. I got to finish writing it, but it's going to be his sister's book. So then there are still two other families that we have not met. We've met the individuals, met, but we haven't had books for no those books people yet. yet. Correct. We still need Langerford Sellers. And then there'll actually be another Gilbert family because Poppy, Poppy, um, who is a character who has appeared in most of these books, will get her own set of books. Okay, with, I do like um, Poppy. With Sal, yeah. And, uh, and so uh, Stephelia Sellers actually took care of um, Schroeder as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, it And did. I have plans for Schroeder as a standalone that actually, I think, I don't know. I think it's going to, go over i think i'm gonna hook her up with somebody from the shock world another mm-hmm. series of books that i read so to kind of tie them together because the heroine in shock mountain crossfade which is another books that i read I, I wrote that i call the shy duets like chicago duets um she actually moves from sonoma to out of town in the first chapter okay the night that uncorked finishes so she references the end of Uncorked, which I won't tell you because that would be a spoiler. Don't spoil it. Okay, no, so let's, let's talk about this because Sonoma is a tourist haven. People know Sonoma. Even if you haven't ever actually been there, you kind of, you know what it looks like. We've seen it in pictures. We know it's wine country. It's, you know, it's climate because of where it sits with the mountains and the ocean and all that kind of stuff. It is the perfect environment to grow grapes. Um, it was very similar to the northern parts of Italy, which Correct. is why it was settled there. So do you find it difficult to write your own worlds in this kind of well-known place? Um, I I did a little bit until I gave myself permission to create things that weren't there so that I reference a lot of actual restaurants. I actually reference uh, the world won't know this, but they do. 
like the restaurant owners or the chefs that I knew or the winemakers or things like that. Like a lot of the people that I actually mentioned in these books, like, you know, Sandra hugged me goodbye. Well, Sandra owns the girl in the fig restaurant, which is, you know, in and out of this. But I also realized that the limitations of using what's there and what could be constantly changing, because that's the other thing is that, you know, with COVID restaurants closed when if it's in a book, you're like, oh, what's that? Uh, so that's why I created Poppy Gelbert, who is the cousin to David in Meritage, uh, and made her a chef mm -hmm. so that she could have a cafe that I could manipulate any way I wanted to. So that if I needed it to be a buyout during the harvest, which happens in Meritage, that would never, no, not a restaurant owner in the entire wine country would let that happen. Because during harvest is such a crazy good tourist time that you need every dime because it all drops off in December and January. So you, you would never let your friend have the restaurant for the night, but I'm like, Poppy would because I own that restaurant personally, Kelly K. Mm, <laughs> so, right. so, and I did the same thing with the wineries. I mean, the wineries are all based on physically based on wineries in Sonoma in my head like where they sit, what they grow, what they look like, all of that. But I changed them because I wanted, like they're not literally them because I needed, like in crushing, I needed them to live on the property. Like it was really important to me that they, that the house lived there and that there was another building that they created an office space for as well as the tasting room so that all of that could actually could happen without someone driving or someone you know, doing whatever. So that, so I altered that kind of stuff, but yet the driveway, the description of the tasting room, what the bar looks like, the tasting bar, what the patio looked like, that's all exact of each of this winery called Gunluck Bunchu. So changing the names and like creating this, like it gives you those liberties. Like, yes, like you took the map of the wineries that you either worked at or visited and like got the basic layouts for everything. But the fact that you changed it, like you took ownership and you could do what you want. So I think that's pretty awesome. <laughs> but it also requires a lot, a lot of like, I've written a book that I'm currently changing up and it's it's a while away because it's a huge undertaking but it's with um he's a travel writer and she sets off she's jealous of his of what he's seen so she it's a fake relationship book and uh she follows in his footsteps without him knowing so that she goes to the places that he tells her he's just been so that she can see bangladesh and she can see you know the seychelles or whatever never been to a lot of these places so it's just a lot of uh you know like i have a marked up i don't know where it is but uh world map of like okay if she's on this street and then i had to create a restaurant so that because i don't know if that restaurant's going to go out of business but like what kind of food would you get there or whatever mm -hmm. so it's a lot of google a lot of reading for that Sonoma, I didn't have to do as much because it was a little bit lazy because I know the grid of the streets. I know exactly what their houses look like and where they live. Like, I know that Tabby's house is just up to the left of where the winery in my head, her winery looks like. 
or what the offices look like of where to go grab a sandwich or, you know, whatever. I didn't have to create all of that. Whereas like when I've done writing the book that I have a book coming out in January called present tense in which it's set in Chicago, which is easy because I'm here and uh, Philadelphia and I grew up near Philly, but I have actually, and I will, I will ask anyone if they're from there or for help. Like I've asked um, Danica uh, for help. Danica Flynn. Flynn's her last name, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Danica, who's an author who lives in Philly and a beer expert. And my guy drinks beer and he lives in Philly. And I'm like, what would you order off of this menu? Like if you were there and you were this guy, what would you order? And she's like, oh, I'd go with this or this. or, And I'm like, does this bar still exist? Does this still, does this ring authentic? She's a little sick of me right now, but yeah. <laughs> she loves you. You're fine. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about Danica later. Danica's got, she's got a new book coming out and it is not being easy. Her book comes out in December. So um, it has not gone well for her. So mm. talk us through, okay, so there are some very key places in a town like Sonoma. We all think of like, I don't know if they call it their main street. The plaza. The plaza. So I would assume that it's pretty important to you that at least the main landmarks are done correctly in your books. Yes. And okay, so in Crushing are the... They're near the plaza. Like there's a movie theater right there. I used to run a film, food, and wine festival in Sonoma. And so I was at that theater all the time. And so I referenced the theater at one point and and am very specific about what it looks like, what it sounds like when you walk on the marble leading up to the door and that kind of thing. But then in under over a barrel, I don't think I'm giving too much away, but I, they get drunk in the plaza and you're not allowed to get drunk in the plaza, but uh, Tabby, there's a giant duck pond in the plaza and she goes to pee at the duck pond instead of finding a bathroom and actually pees on a duck and then gets arrested. But the they're sitting in the amphitheater and she has to walk over there so that it's plausible so that everybody else scatters when the police show up. So they're not all to, like, there's enough distance that you walk because it's it's a big like huge double city block so it's a, a city block away from where the amphitheater was but i was very specific about okay that's where she pees or in meritage when uh there's a big thing that happens at the plaza and then they go into the visitor center to, to change and do this stuff that it's it's right there like it's not like if somebody actually was there they'd be like oh yeah it's the tree was here. This goes here. Yeah. So, and I have to ask, has anybody like contacted you readers that are like, um, you got this wrong or. No, just a lot of people from Sonoma going, yeah, you were at DJ's house or I know where that is on second street either. Okay. If I reference like Bella or MacArthur place gets referenced quite a bit, which was a restaurant, a, a hotel owned by, used to be owned by a woman that I worked with. And I still have a good friend who works there and they just think it's funny. They, <laughs> they just, they're like, okay, as long as it's accurate, it's fine. That's great. That is great. Yeah. Um, okay. So. And we talked a little bit of the challenges, but what are some of the things that make it a little easier to do something like a small town in an already existing place? 
What are some of the easy pieces of that for you? Uh, the easy pieces are that most, most of it is already established and isn't going out of business anytime soon because it's been there forever. Yeah. So there's a couple of restaurants that turn over, wineries that turn over or whatever, but you don't have a whole, like my street in Chicago, I live right off of uh, Clark Street and it's a big, very busy street. And my neighborhood has a ton of restaurants. And during the last, I would say 18 months, uh, half of them have either become something else or closed. You don't have that in a small town. Like in your small town, you're like, that's the pub. That's always the pub. That's mm -hmm. Steiner's will always be there. Steiner's is a bar on the plaza on the left-hand side. <laughs> like if you're looking at the plaza, it's on the west side. And it's uh, where Josh and Elle actually meet in Crushing. And it's it's a bar bar. It's where people go for beer and cocktails, not for wine. I mean, there is wine, but everywhere else is wine tasting. But this was very specific and I knew it was always going to be there yeah so it was I could set this kind of seminal moment there because it's it's going to be there but yet if I set something at a bar you know three blocks away from me there's no guarantee because it's the city and it's such turnover and the neighborhoods change so often and that kind of thing so in a small town things are as they are the grocery store is going to have the same stuff. It's going to be, it's always going to be Sonoma market. It's always going to be, you know, Oh, whole foods came in and they're, you know, someone's mad about that or whatever. Like it's this, there's not a whole lot of streets that can change. Not a whole lot of the, there's an ordinance that you're not allowed to have um, chain restaurants within the city limits. And so that's still existing. I actually used it as a plot point in a, uh, um, uncorked. Let's see. I, I live in a small town. I think our population, if I looked it up is maybe like a thousand. Mm. No. <laughs> nice. I mean, it's small, but like I, yeah. we live in like a two street, like my like main drag. It's a, it's an L like there's mm -hmm. not much to it, but there's no expansion space. So the businesses, like we have some new, like new businesses coming into existing buildings. But aside from that, like there's no building. Like if it doesn't exist now, like it's never coming. Like they might change like the exterior of a building and something new might come in, but like the right. general layout, like it never changes. Yeah. That's, that was the attraction to me of setting it in a real place was that, especially something small, mm -hmm. that it was going to look like that. Even if the names changed, like you said, and it was, you know, a different pizza place or a different, you know, whatever. But the general layout, like it's, it's never right. The plaza is going to be like that. There's going to be a restaurant in this corner. The theater is mm -hmm. going to sit here. The main uh, building, when you come into town that you look at in the middle of the plaza is the, you know, city hall. that's going to be there. And the visitor center is just next to it, but, or visitors bureau. And it's, that's not going to change. Whereas, you know, we even had a police station close down and reopen somewhere else and rebuild something within yeah. the last couple of years so mm -hmm. even just the way in which like even when we drive through neighborhoods we lived in six years ago they're totally different we're like mm -hmm. oh my gosh that was a gap now it's a you know parking structure like yeah. it's well like and, that's a target 
Do you think it's easy? So we know a lot of authors will build their own small towns. They build their own small towns. They create their own small town hierarchy and all of that kind of stuff. By going into an already established small town, you kind of already have that in place. Like there's already, you know, certain feels like certain things are always going to happen here. Like this festival is always happening. Like you said, no one would rent out a restaurant in the midst of harvest because that's the busiest season. Right. Is that, and obviously you closed it, you closed down Poppy's restaurant, but does that provide any, (laughs) that's true. Closed it down in Uncork too. (laughs) Does that oh, per- I closed it down? Yeah, I closed it down three times now. I've closed yeah. the restaurant. <laughs> um, yeah. Does that does that provide a challenge for you? Because you want to pay homage and respect to what's already established in this town, but you're creating fiction. So technically, if you wanted to have a pumpkin parade, you could have a pumpkin parade. I know, um, but I have a problem. Yeah, I know. That does create a problem because I feel an obligation. Excuse me. <laughs> to the town that I'm like, oh no, you only have the vintage festival and the 4th of July parade. Like you have salute to the arts, like the very specific, because there's a lot of stuff, a lot of different festivals, a lot of different, like, I mean, there's like a period of time where every weekend there's another thing, whether it be, you know, whatever, the red and white ball, or, I mean, there's just a million different things. And so I feel like if I created my own, that I would be stepping on like just a little too far over that line. And if I did want to create one, like in um, Augusta reference, uh, Napa has this giant rock festival called um, Bottle Rock, Bottle Rock. And uh, I think it's Bottle Rock. And it, Anyway, it's in Napa, but I, I used that when I needed like a bigger experience because Napa is a bigger town. And it's also a series of, in Napa Valley, the wine country is actually a series of different little towns that all lead in, to the main city of Napa. And so if I need a bigger expansion of them, I go there, but I would be more willing to create a pumpkin festival in Napa than in Sonoma because I didn't live in Napa. I don't know anybody. Like, yeah. I don't want my friends to be like, we don't have a pumpkin festival. Well, and oh. Napa is 140,000 people yeah, versus 11,000 in Sonoma. And I never would have guessed. I guess I would have assumed they were the same size. But you almost want to like treat Sonoma with like this respect because like that it, it, it was a big part of your life. And like, you want to respect the fact that like, it is this established wine country that people love and like, they take care of it. So like, yes, you can change the things that you've created, but like Sonoma itself, like you want to give it that respect and that character and like, it's a, a living thing in itself in a sense. Yeah. And I was very careful about where I, put, this is so stupid, but I'm where I put Poppy's cafe. <laughs> is basically like right next to the mission there's a mission uh, the last of the california missions is in downtown sonoma and uh and so i was like all right now what's the address of the mission okay there's a house there i'm gonna just make that house i hope they're okay with it i'm just gonna make that the cafe (laughs) so that so did you like ship a book to the like house owner and be like listen i built a restaurant on your house and i'm sorry but here's a signed copy of my book exactly here's all of them i hope you enjoy them exactly (laughs) 
That's so funny. Who knows? <laughs> I know. I'm whatever. I'm crazy. We love it. I love it. Um, okay. So what was, obviously you worked in Napa. You loved your time in Napa. Is Sonoma. there any art Sonoma? Jeez. <laughs> See, you changed names on me and now I'm confused. It's late. Anyway, Sorry. Sonoma. It's okay. Sonoma. We all know how I struggle with words. Sonoma. Um, Kelly, was there any other reason? Like, is there, I know you loved your time there in Sonoma, but what was the special was there any special draw that was like, I, I really need to commemorate. To, there's some, there's, there's, there really is a small town feel to it. And yes, I love my town, my time there, but it's also really picturesque and really it, the name is evocative. And so I liked the, like, there's another beautiful little wine country town that I love that's in Sonoma County, which is North called Healdsburg. Not quite as evocative. <laughs> Yeah. Love Healdsburg. Just really roll off the tongue as well. And so I liked the idea of it rolling and be, having this kind of romantic feel on your mouth, on mm -hmm. your tongue. Well, and as soon as you say Sonoma, I know what you're Everybody talking about. what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Versus Healdsburg. Huh? What's that? Huh? Although Healdsburg's um, fantastic. I don't want to make anyone in Healdsburg mad. <laughs> don't be Healdsburg. mad, Healdsburg. We love you. Um, I just had to tell you, like, when I first... Um, read Crushing and your books. And I was like, oh, well, actually, I didn't read Crushing first. I read Over a Barrel first because that was part of the reason right. that I read Over the Barrel first. Um, I really expected this um, A Walk in the Clouds romanticism because, I mean, I grew up, I was yeah. a young adult in the 90s. And so that's, um, it's Keanu Reeves, right? That's Keanu Reeves. Mm -hmm. Yes. And and stupid, sexy Keanu. book and yeah. i really was expecting some big romantic moment with like the wings in the fields and stuff but i didn't get it so maybe in your next book if you could give me that i'd appreciate it but you did get the senator in that book i did the senator's an over a barrel uh -huh. <laughs> yeah yeah the, well, uh, the, crushing, that's... crushing has rootstock it would yeah. be the that would be josh <laughs> josh josh he, yeah. i mean I... josh oh josh <laughs> He's turned into quite, quite the uh, dad. Mm -hmm. The weirdest thing. Uh, but yeah, I did expect this like romanticism of your wineries. And just so you know, like, so if you want to throw that into a future book for me, we sure. can. Sure. I'll can. work it. I've gotten uh, dinged on reviews for that. Like, for what? Like someone said, I expected a lovely romance in the vineyard and all I got was sex. And yeah. I was like, you're people welcome. read the description and hot sex there are butts on the cover like I'm that's not, true like what are you expecting when there's there butts? are naked butts on the cover of the book and mm -hmm. hot sex that's so worth it people oh, so worth thanks. it okay so and i know this is like asking if you have a favorite child but do you have a favorite child of your books that are out so far or one of the children that hasn't had a book written about them yet do you have a favorite uh like book boyfriend or just who who I love? Like who do you I love really, the most, Kelly? Who do you love the most? Right now, right now I love David the most. I love David because the he most. was the hardest to write. I think to make him likable. Mm -hmm. He's such a douche canoe, though. Like I know he is. <laughs> he's like he warmy and a playboy, and and to quote Leah, I he was needs worried. junk punched. He does yes. get junk punched, but honestly, like I was worried you couldn't make him 
you could not. I was very worried that but the then he's swoony and sexy. To, like, stop. No, but he's sweet and kind. He is. And... He makes some really stupid choices, though. He makes really dumb choices, but he always has because mm-hmm. everybody always covered for him. And so. I will say, if I had to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend of your book series, um, Gabby. Tabby. Tabby. I love Tabby. <laughs> Tabitha Agonos. She is so much Tabby. fun to write. And I'm writing a super secret, crazy thing right now. You guys know what it is. But we, too. Um, but we, we can't tell do. you guys till later. No, you can't get. No. But, but Tabby no. and Baxter are back. But, but Tabby's going to be in it. And I wrote... I had to go to the woods, as you know, because we delayed this. Um, mm-hmm. And while I was in the woods, uh, which is where I wrote a lot, most of Over a Barrel and Under the Bus during the pandemic up there. I, um, but up there, I started writing my first thing for this secret project. And it was so much fun to write Tabby. Mm-hmm. Like, and it was just like a little tiny snippet of her so far. And I was writing this other character story but she's in it and i was like oh my god i miss her so much (laughs) she's just such a great and that's something i love about all of your characters honestly if i think about it um you know baxter and david and natalie and you know even some of the different side characters that we've met throughout the books and stuff like i think of tabby's her dad you know um and baxter his you know his mom in their history together, you create these really memorable characters that just leave impressions in your heart. And after you're done reading them, you're kind of like, then when you have a reference to them, you're like, I love Aww, them. That's the nicest compliment. Um, yes. It's I mean, truth. I miss them and I miss, and like in a perfect world with all the time forever, I, you know, pull off uh, Helena hunting and Helena hunting and the kids would all get stories. And I actually, in my head, know all the tropes of how their parents met. Cause I'm like, I have no time for any of that until at least 2025. But I do, I, it's all there because I was like, I don't think I can write authentically for these this set of five friends, because that's essentially what it it comes down to, um, without knowing where they came from. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. how do they interact with their parents? Like, because David's dad's a jerk, mm-hmm. but why is his mom still with him? So, like, in my head, I know they're, you know, broad strokes of exactly why they're still together and why she loves him so much and this grumpy sunshine kind of relationship and how it evolves and why he is how he is yeah but i don't have time to write that right now but i know exactly why because <laughs> these aren't any stories ever... i need but it's i never want anyone to be cardboard like it bothers me when people when it's easy mm-hmm. yeah and i have an amazing editor who called me on this with side piece when uh, which is another book I wrote, obviously, side piece, um, Alex, and it's standalone. It has nothing to do with any of these places, but um, Alex has this really, ri- the guy has a really rich back history of uh, kind of like a scary uh, experience that he went through. And we don't find it out for a long time, but I had 
written it as just, oh, we had a bad breakup. And my editor was like, no, get, get on the phone with me and let's talk about like, why would he be this crazy, this focus, this all into work? Why would he never want to have a relationship? What is the thing that doesn't sound trite, doesn't sound cardboard, doesn't sound, you know, just a throwaway. Like I literally was like, oh, and his, girl, his girlfriend, Charlotte was a jerk. And she's like, you can't do that. <laughs> I'm like, huh? <laughs> Why can't I? Why can't I? Can't I? It's, it's easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think that you create characters that have this depth to them that creates a soul. And that w- that's what makes your stories engaging. That's why you want to go back and read Ellie's story. That's, you know, if you just read David, you're going to want to find out about Baxter and Tabby and what's all happening with the two of them and why, why is she so pissed? (laughs) David, Um, because they all connect and it makes sense. And there are moments in your book where we feel like we are in the world of Sonoma. Like, I feel like, you know, I've never been there. Your version of it. You know, I feel the breeze and, you know, (laughs) smell the dirt um, okay. They so they stand in the mud. Tell us what is next for you. Um, it is actually outside of the Sonoma series. You guys cannot get another book in the Sonoma series until spring next of 2022, but you do have a book still coming out. Well, I guess it doesn't come yes. out until after the first January. Year, first yeah. Of the year. First of the year. So January, um, yeah, Shock Mountain Crossfade are getting kind of spiffed up and uh, they'll be out this fall, winterish. And then January 13th, I think. Ish. Uh, Becky. Yes. Uh, is, um, <laughs> the release of Present Tense, which is a, you'll love it, Becky. Uh, second Chance <laughs> Romance, Friends to Lovers. Um, two people who grew up together but never got together whatever and then haven't seen each other in 20 some odd years and she shows up on a lark at a christmas party and he's like i've dreamed about you my whole life come here and so it's how they navigate that come here come here here. just he actually kisses her in the first like page and a half so it's not like um i do like that Blow like it, a yeah. high put out percentage or a low, low put it's out. A, uh, it's a, uh, it's a, it, it happens quickly. We like and, that. Um, we like and then them trying to adjust to the aftermath of like jumping into a relationship with somebody who knows everything about you. Mm. And it all okay. deals with who are you versus who you set out to be. So if you guys want to keep track of Kelly, the best place to follow her is on her Instagram. She has these this delightful thing that she does on Monday, which is her Bottle Crush Monday, where she inspires us all to drink wine and pretend we know what we're doing. I think the and outtakes are my favorite, though. The outtakes are your favorite. <laughs> I do put the outtakes in my stories. I love I didn't them. do it this week because I was up north, but um, what... There's that, and then the secret first of the secret project will be out in February, and then next summer, eh, hoping um, we will have. So in the spring will be Becca, who is David's sister, and then I think I think I can do it. I think I can get um, Poppy and Sal done. 
And so then they'll be kind of late summerish. Anyway. And then I got another idea to do younger people, which I thought was interesting. Oh my goodness. Apparently Kelly needs like reined in a minute. Um, okay. Over a barrel will be on sale starting October the 11th. So if you are listening to this on our drop day, you are going to want to check out over a barrel. Um, <laughs> that will be on sale on 10, 11. Currently all of Kelly's books are in Kindle unlimited. And if you would like to stay informed of all things, Kelly join her newsletter and follow her on Instagram. Before we let you go, Miss Kelly, we are going to give yes, you Charlie. one of our buzzing about romance conversation questions. Can't wait. <laughs> so Kelly is a member of our book club. She is prepared for all of the naughty ones, but I picked a relatively tame one. Oh, really? I don't even know. I was why expecting I was... super naughty. Well, I can it's do Kelly. super naughty, but you like made me feel bad for like springing it on everybody. Well, <laughs> it's me. You have to work the audience. Like, read the room, Becky. It's Kelly. Okay. What the heck was I even thinking? Ask, I don't know. Ask both. Whatever they are. There's no okay, filter well, the, with Kelly K. The first question was the last book you read in one sit sitting. Oh well, that one doesn't count for me. Oh. <laughs> um. In one sitting, Kelly K. Why? I know that's what I'm thinking. It was probably the last book. It, oh, it was um, Casanova. T.L. Swan. Oh, so good. That is so good. And I got up. I couldn't sleep. Got up early in the morning. I'd been like putting it off because I had all these edits to do. And I knew that I was excited about it. So I and sat down. Nobody was stop. up. I did not move. Like, don't. Like, it was just like, That oh. is my favorite of the series. That is my favorite of those three brothers. Oh, I, I like Miles better. Mm. I like nope. I like Takeover. Nope, Casanova is for the win. Okay, I will ask this question: If the MC, so the main character hero, is uncut, do you describe a blowjob differently when writing it? this like a trivia question because the answer would be you'd have to <laughs> well no i mean it's not something that we hear often about but it's actually a very small percentage of the world population that is circumcised true so there is more true. uncircumcised you have those circumcised. but you you mean, of course she has those numbers but you would have to describe it just a little bit differently i mean there'd be a lot more emotion although <laughs> according to a couple members of our hive it does not matter i guess it doesn't i don't know so currently according to the world health organization they estimate between 76 and 92 percent of men are uncircumcised that's a big it is less wow. than a 20 percent like, so it's that's just america <laughs> America only is roughly 80% of males 35 and under are uncircumcised. Over 35, it is about only 60% are uncircumcised. It's the new trend. So if you think about it, okay, if we think about it, ladies, if you read a romance novel. Mm -hmm. And I've written 
nine. So of these nine men, technically, three of them, three of them should be circumcised and the rest should be uncircumcised. Yes. Yes. I believe the senator is circumcised. <laughs> I think the parade is too. The parade is circumcised. Because Kelly has this know. special thing where she likes to name her penises. Only I only name the penises in the um in the winery series for some reason. Like I just I don't know. I it just they made me laugh. Them. They deserve yeah. a name, especially the parade. It. He deserved a name. The Come parade. on, that was funny. That was really perfect. Funny. It was perfect for him too. <laughs> so really, but if you think about it, rarely do I have a romance novel with an uncircumcised. I don't hero. think I've ever read one. I don't, I don't think I've ever read one. I can think and of. I, I, don't read, I mean, I certainly haven't read as many as you guys have read, but I don't think I've ever read. So romance authors are not really doing justice. That the I mean, the other thing they're doing is penis sizes proportionally incorrect yeah, i mean it's most all, people are yeah. not that well endowed no no it's the average so, no we had and that question about, once like, in my five friends four of them are men they all have tremendous <laughs> what are the odds that all four best friends growing up have impressive... it's in the water uh right. of course yeah, we don't know be. about sam's yet but trust me <laughs> good gravy um Okay, Kelly, thank you so much for joining us. Um, and on that note, here for uh, to talk about world building and all the fun that goes into you building the world of Sonoma in your books. Um, like I said, everyone, you can find Under a Barrel on sale starting October the 11th. Um, and just either join uh, Kelly Kay's uh, newsletter or follow her on Instagram to keep up to date on all her going on. So thank you very much, friend. We appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate being here. That was fun. It's always a good time with you. <laughs> Thanks. It is always so fun to have our friends come join us on the podcast. It is. It's just, and Kelly's so lovely, but chaotic at the same time. She is. She is, but she's always a good time. And I do like her stories. So I encourage mm -hmm. everyone to check out her books. So Okay, um, as we started with last week's episode, we are changing things up a bit. And instead of what are we reading and notable upcoming releases, we are starting a new segment called Book of the Week. Mm -hmm. Each week, we'll tell you about what our standout read for the week was and why we think you should read it. I feel like I need an echo. Book of the Week. <laughs> Don't you think? I mean, we can just pretend it's there. Okay, pretend that I just had an echo. Um, okay, Leo, what's your book of the week? Okay, so I got, <laughs> excuse me, an ARC copy of The Hacker, which is book five in the Norcross Security Series by Anna Hackett. And it is such a good series. It's a romantic suspense series. Um, and so you've gotten glimpses of Ace and Maggie, the hero and heroine, like throughout the first four books. And like, you know, that there's something there, but they're both, but nothing happens and they're just delightful. And I've been waiting for this book. Cause like, you just knew it was going to be she, like, she was going to drop him to his knees, like without fail. Cause he was a, he's a playboy. So like he gets around a little bit and she is 
but she's a badass. Like she's a helicopter pilot who owns her own business. And like, if the security company needs like blown out of something, they call her and she like drops in her like on in Hetty, which is the name of her helicopter. She's so cool. She names it, but it's, it's good. And it has a put out percentage of 35%. So even nice, better. nice, but it's very good. Excellent. So that's, uh, the hacker by Anna Hackett. Mm-hmm. And when does it release? It comes out October 12th. Okay. Um, so it, will, it is in, it will be in KU. It's in KU. Um, my book of the week is save me by Stacy Kennedy. This is book three in her Phoenix series, which is a sex club series. This is the story of Hazel and Kieran. Um, Hazel, so I'm not going to get into all of it. I can give you the synopsis, but I did review it up on the blog and on my Instagram. Did this one come out yet? Or when did no. this come out? This one drops on October the 19th. Um, okay. It is put out percentage is 38%, which it's a sex club. You would have thought it would have been a smaller put out percentage, but there's a very good reason why it's a little bit higher in this one. It's an age gap, big city, billionaire, close proximity, um, He's an eggplant hero, wink, wink, mm-hmm. um, found family, friend group, sex clubs, and there is a surprise pregnancy at the end. Um, so what I want to say is that this is, I love this character. This is, this book was everything I wanted for her, but one of the powerful pieces in this series is about owning your sexuality exploring your sexuality, becoming comfortable in your skin. And when you are with the person you are meant to be with, you'll be able to be out and be loud and who you want to be. Um, and you know, as an individual, that's something that I'm in my HEA. I've been in my HEA for 22 years, but sometimes sexuality is still a piece that I struggle with because of body size and whatever. Um, so when I read books like this, it helps me to remember to claim, claim back your body, embrace what you like. And also your person is there to help you find what you desire, to help you feel comfortable in what you want. This is one of the sexiest, most sex positive books I've read in a very long time. So anyway. But I, I think though, like, it's true though. Like when you find your person, like they help you be they help your confidence. Like they bring out the best in you. Like, yes, like you are your own individual person, but they enhance that. They don't make you a better person, but they enhance like the good parts of you. Well, and I think it's the, it's the reminder that sometimes we as women need, because a lot of times we all get stuck in our own head. You know, we, all of us have our different problems with anxiety or depression or moods Mm -hmm. and everything like that. So this story was a really great reminder that, um, it's okay to desire what you desire Mm -hmm. and it's okay to talk about what you desire and do it. And when you're with your person, but it's okay to like want to do those things too. Like it is, it varies. So, um, save me by Stacey Kennedy. It releases October the 19th. This whole series is amazing. It's watch me, keep me and save me are the first three books. And she announced, um, today that, um, book four will come out in April. So totally worth it. Uh, what, what's happening next Saturday? Cause this episode releases on Sunday, October 10th. So 
Next Saturday is October the 16th. So October the 16th brings us to the best night of the month. Um, it is Drunk Book Club. And we are reading The Lie by Carla Sorensen. And she will be joining us to talk about her books and any other sort of chaos that ensues. If you would like to check out our Drunk Book Club details are on the website. Yeah. Um, we're reading The Lie, which is her latest release. Um, it is within the world of her. It's her Washington Wolves series, Second Generation. Like it's the first book in the second gen. Awesome. Awesome. So I'm excited to read that. It's on my book it list for next week. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> next time on Buzzing About Romance, we have another special edition. Um Duchess Katie and Lady Sadie will be back joining us with a special Corset and Crown episode. They have invited author, queen of historical romances, Eloisa James, uh, to join them in the drawing room for a chat. So that's what you'll get next week is Miss Eloisa James, which that's exciting. It's like, very exciting. Because, you know, there's like I don't the read vin- historical and I know who she is. Well, there's the vintage romances, you know, I guess Joanna Lindsay, Judith McNaught, those fall into what they are considered now vintage historical romances. Mm-hmm. And then there was a new wave of authors in the late 90s, early 2000, which brought us Eloisa James, Julia Quinn. Uh, Jude Devereaux kind of goes across the generations, although now her books are written, co-written with someone who actually has been um, writing with her for the last five years, someone said. So, um, but Eloisa James is kind of that bridge between the modern Lisa Kleypas, Sarah McLean uh, historical romances and the old school vintage Joanna Lindsay romances. So, and um, Eloisa James in her real life, has a doctorate in literature, English literature, and teaches at a very prestigious university. Oh, I did not know that. She is super smart. She is no dummy. She She is no dummy. Nope. So um, you guys will want to check that out next time on Buzzing Around Romance. Thanks for chatting with me again, Leah. Always. You know, I always love to hang out with you and chat, I know. especially when it's books. Well, other things too, but for this particular thing, it's books. It was fun to talk with our friend Kelly. I always enjoy spending time with our author friends. So. I do too. And she's a huge supporter of the podcast. So mm-hmm. um, that always makes it extra fun. So until next time, everyone. Happy reading, everybody. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.